my family's a normal religion, so I have to talk to them for five minutes before I get a casserole that's all marshmallow. That's you. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And these are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community Season 4, Episode 5, Cooperative Escapism in Familial Relations. Uh, ben, I uh, I think it is time um, for our specialist, the most special edition of Outsourcing Mike's Bits. Uh, I don't want to waste any time. Oh, we're going right into it. We're gonna. We're not even gonna waste any time. There's no good, good shuffle needed, lady, ladies, gentlemen, and those not on the binary. We have made it. This is the last card in the what the heck deck. Uh, many of you know. <laughs> many, many of you know that I have been teasing, edging you, perhaps, that there is a sex question. And we are here. We have done it. Ben, we are here. Alrighty, Mike. Hit me hit me with that sex question. And I swear to God, there better be a sex question. If you if you if you reveal last minute you did a bait and switch, Mike. <laughs> I <I'm, laughs> All right, Ben, here's the real question. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? No, that's not the question. I, I mean, that could myself. that could be a sex question. Um, <laughs> it's all not right, the question. Mike. That's just a reference to uh, to an SNL skit. Woo, boy, that was an intro, wasn't it, everybody? Um, ben, my good friend Ben, there's one timeline. We cannot deviate from this timeline today. We cannot deviate. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, and everyone listening around the world... It it is indeed the sex question we've been wanting for so long, for can you almost just, a year, can perhaps. You, can you can you just can you give me that question already? You, I I have just mere seconds to edge and tease you even more. Can can okay? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for okay. I'm ready for the question. Trust me, you'll. You're gonna, you're gonna, th- when we complete the question, it'll be full completion. I don't know if that's staying in. <laughs> ben, my friend yes. Ben, yes. I want yes. you, I have chosen to, to ask you, <laughs> and I wanna know, apparently personally, what is the weirdest place you've had sex? <laughs> I've had the sound cue readied up for literal months at this point. I, I and it feels wish. it feels it feels like such a hollow victory. Um, I told you this wasn't going to be worth it. <laughs> I told you it was. You even called it like 
five weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, no, I knew I knew this was gonna be like what other what other sex question could it be? You you um, nailed it. No, I I I'm sure I gave it away that moment because you said it, and I'm like, oh. Fuck. So <clears throat> so Mike, <laughs> uh, the weirdest place that I've had sex. Not actually a particularly weird place. I've not really, uh, I've not really done it in in what you're saying places, is you don't, but you don't go outside of the bedroom. Uh, seldom, seldom do I ever go outside of the bedroom. Um, however, uh, the weirdest place that I've had sex is that uh, when I was in college, uh, I started dating this. Uh, I started dating this woman who. Uh, she had just graduated from college, okay. and so she had moved back home with uh, her parents, uh, who were incredibly Catholic. Like, so so Catholic that how uh, Catholic were they? They were so Catholic that when I was over at her house, uh, we were not allowed to be in her bedroom with the door closed. Uh, keeping That's in mind Catholic. that you know we were we were. You know, early early twenties, um, early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so we went to uh, we went to dinner at uh, friend of the podcast uh, Nate's uh, house. Okay. Because um, uh, they they wanted to meet her, and uh, like he and, he and his roommates wanted to meet her, and so we had a nice uh, a nice dinner. Um, and uh, you know, we were hanging out, and then we were like. Well, uh, it's it's time uh, for us to go. We're gonna just like go find somewhere to park for a bit and make out. And uh, Get a standard situation. Nate's Nate's roommate was like, "No, no, don't do that. Just just go up to my room and have sex." <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's a yeah, fair reaction. Com- yeah, condoms are in the drawer. Just like go on up. Oh, uh, okay. Just, just you know, here, enjoy so, some of my condoms. Is what so, your friend said to you. I mean, we didn't we didn't have any on us. We weren't like we weren't expecting to have sex on on his bed, but like <laughs> to be fair, uh, he, I, from what you've said to me, he didn't say specifically on his bed. He said in the room. Who knows oh, no, where he, he was thinking. He was he was like he he was like do it on the bed like he was he was like go have sex on my bed please, right now please Ben and uh, Ben's girlfriend please please have sex on my bed I want this more than both of you combined and so uh, so anyways we were like okay and so we, we went upstairs <laughs> while everyone else in the house just watched us go upstairs and then we had sex and. Um, uh, a, an unfortunate mess was made, and so I had to come downstairs and be like, "Hey, um, hey, 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 Justin, um, <laughs> do you got any like towels?" Oh boy, I don't. <laughs> and wow, okay, and, all right, okay. But see, but here's here's the thing about Justin, right? He just everyone else in the room was like, "Oh," and he just he kind he smiled. He like smiled and nodded and just kind of put his hands behind his head and oh. leaned back because he was he was like, oh, yeah, he was he was very happy to have uh, provided his bed. I don't I'm not, that I don't like that, that 
is the weirdest that, place I've ever had sex. Mike. That, that's weird because it's just a very uncomfortable situation altogether. It was fine. Was it? Was it, Ben? I guess you yeah. did get sex out of it, so it's just. A I mean, weird... we, were, we were still we were still in that like early phase of the the relationship where it's like all we wanted to ever do was bone. So like, oh sure, I the, remember the those fact days. that the fact that we were able. Yeah, we're gonna get to you in a second. <laughs> the fact that uh, we were able to uh, actually have sex instead of like finding a place to make out on the side of the road for a bit, pretty cool. So, um, but you know. It is mostly like I I was fine with it. Mostly I was embarrassed that I had to ask for a towel. And uh, it's weird in a like telling other people this story weirds people out. I didn't actually have that much of a problem with it. Yeah, I think. Because here's the thing. If if someone if someone is like, (laughs) go have sex on my bed. You're like, okay, well. You've no, okay, you've okay, you've invited on. that. You have invited that. Yes. And whatever whatever mess comes from the the sex that you have invited onto your bed is the it like you've you've invited that. Right? You can't be you can't be like go have sex in my bed, but don't make any well, messes. Right. I'm don't not, don't make okay. any messes with this act that involves bodily fluids. You can't do it. Okay, so that's huh. I guess, hmm, the problem I have is, I guess, hmm, I, ha, you know, it's really, really crappy to uh, run out of words to say when you're on a podcast. Uh Uh-huh. But see, but here's here's the thing, right? Like I said, this is a weirder thing for people that I tell the story to than it was for me. Right, because and, well, so I was that's just like, all right, <laughs> all right, that's fine. I guess not. When issue, I tell that's... people this story, people are like, "You what? He did what? So, you did okay?" But like, you also don't know Justin. It's exactly a Justin sort of move, right? Okay, it's exactly yes. what he would do, and and he did do it, and then I did it. Well, well right. See, okay. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know what to say. I, I get. I think I understand where Justin was going from wanting you to have sex on his bed. <laughs> I think I understand what his end game was. Mm-hmm. And I hope he enjoyed that. He did. I told you. He, he nodded and smiled and put his hands behind his head. I guess my... my uh, I don't know. What, my trepidation... Is with the acceptance of said offer, and where you you're like, all right, that's a bed. Yeah, let's f- on it. I mean, it Just, was it was that or not have sex. So you know. Well, okay, so it's my turn to answer this question. Yeah. So Mike, Mike, um, where where is the weirdest place that you have had sex? Now you've known about this question. For a oh, long yes. time, so oh, you've yes. been able you've been able to contemplate. Oh, I know exactly uh, what I'm going to say. I just need to just really think about how I'm going to say it after <laughs> drinking an entire rum and coke. This section of the podcast has been removed at the behest of Mike's wife, with whom Poddex did not consult before asking us this question. This is despite Mike knowing about the existence of the sex question for many months, and he could have planned better for this question. However, I, a robotic voice from the internet can confirm that Mike did answer this question honestly. 
really just talking about my sex life on the internet. I don't think that's dumb necessarily. I just, I'm not comfortable. I'm having an uncomfortable time. Uh huh. And but see, here's the thing: you've known you've you've known yeah, about this. I know question for a I very know. long time. You could have literally never told me that this uh, that there was a sex question and just thrown it out and been yeah. like, "We're not talking about that." Right. Um, I could have been the Bruno defense. I I understand. But I, I, we but are not instead, talking about sex. instead yet, you teased it. You teased it for <laughs> for months. Yes. Honestly, I was kind of hoping that would um uh uh. uh turn off some of those listeners that don't want to hear about my sex life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, however, I'm now worried that it did not do the specific thing that I was hoping it would. What if I just bleep out the entirety of you talking for like no, two minutes? No, but here's the thing. Well, okay, that would be very funny. and like, But I do <laughs> kind of like the story. It's kind of like... Naive. It's it's a very it's a very teenage story. It's a very teenage story. I'm thirty goddamn three now. Like, like if, that's decades ago at this point. If I was like if I a thirty seven year old man was like, <laughs> hey, you know what you know what we did? We went to the and we had sex while the you'd be like, why you're you're thirty seven? You have <laughs> you're your a own house. <laughs> you can you can like. Because when you're, when you, because I, I was actually talking to Sarah about this because uh, Wait, I was like, what were you talking to Sarah about? Were, about were you talking about the to card, Sarah? About the card, because I, I guessed correctly, I might add. You did. What, I thought you were saying, card, do you want to go have sex <laughs> at a, no, no. I was like, why are was, you talking about this? I was talking to her about this card and because you guessed as, right. As a couple as a couple of late bloomers, we were both just like, I don't know, like a bet a bet, like the the couch one time, maybe. Like, you know, because we like we were we were late bloomers. So like we right. didn't have to find excuses to be like, oh, snap, let's do this. When you're a teenager, you're gonna get into a lot of shenanigans because you can't do it at home. Right. If you're doing it on like a, a lover's lane somewhere, you're in danger of getting that tap tap from the cops being like, what are you doing out here? Yep. That's that's a true um, statement. So like, you know, you're you're very limited on places to to do it. So like you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to have some wild stories. Right. As, as someone who didn't have sex until his senior year of college, like I never had to do it weird places. So. I see. So yeah, it's a very teenage thing to do. You're not going to go out and like, even if you're like, hey, you want to relive old times, you would be halfway there, if even that. And then you'd be like, you know what? This is dumb. Why? Why? Why should we? Why should we do this? And then you'll you'll go uh, grab a beer somewhere and come home and go to bed at 8 p.m. And that's just how it works now. So but yeah, it's a very it's a very teenage story. Mm hmm. Uh, you could, one of us could have done the thing that I believe happened on the, um, on the honey or the newlywed game where this question was asked and somebody said that would be the butt. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Which is terrific. It's a good gag. We spent so long on that sex question, uh, but might I add... 
again, it feels kind of hollow because I knew yeah. what it was, and it's not. It, it mean, wasn't a sure. great question. If Justin happens to be listening, I'm sorry for your bad. So, uh, Community he Season Four, Episode that. Five. Cooperative escapism and familial relations. Uh, we should probably actually talk about community in this episode. I will um, say I don't have a lot of notes. <laughs> so, so I was kind of hoping the sex question would talk more. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is the Thanksgiving episode. And we right. get, we get uh, two main plots. Plus Britta's plot is a little bit kind of its own thing, but... It's kind of wrapped up in the Jeff plot. Yeah. Uh, There's two plots. We get Jeff finally... um, Jeff finally goes and sees his father for Thanksgiving, of all things. uh, Which is... you know. It's kind of like diving, like being like, I'm going to learn how to swim and then diving off the high dive. But, you know, that's Mm -hmm. fine. More like, uh, I'm going to learn how to swim. You're going to drop me in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's fine. I'll figure... People have been swimming for ages. This can't be that hard. Um, and the other plot is Shirley invites uh, the study group to her family Thanksgiving. Where Andre's family are just jerks. Andre's family are just jerks. And also she mentions, because she gives a little speech at the end, and she mentions that Andre is gone this year. So she is literally just hanging out with her right. in-laws. Yeah, I looked it up and apparently he is like, uh, he, there's a sale at this uh, stereo store, so he's got he's he's got capitalism on the mind, baby. Who doesn't? Just uh, like Jeffrey always, Bezos, it's always uh, it's always capitalism. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so she's she's kind of stuck with her uh, uh, in laws all day for Thanksgiving, and uh, then we we do get. I'm I'm not even really gonna. I honestly don't really care to talk too much about Britta's little thing. She kind of helps Jeff's half brother to like deal with emotions, and it's the it is hands down the worst part of the episode. It's kind of boring. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like so, I'm, yeah, it happens. We don't need to talk about it. Honestly, yeah, the only the only good that that plot actually does is that uh, his half brother kind of freaking out and trying to like run away with Jeff is what is the catalyst for Jeff to turn back around at the end and, and actually like really confront his father. Um, but otherwise, um, otherwise that whole plot kind of stinks. Uh, <laughs> but I it's, mean, it's, a, very, it's a small talk, part of the episode. If we're so, just going to talk through which plots stink, let's just talk about the episode. Sorry. Am I going too far into greats? Okay, so uh, <laughs> I, I take it I take it from that little quip that you you don't care for this episode. I mean, I'll, I'll get into more of it as we go through the actual episode beats and stuff, but you know, like I and end grades, but I I mean, I think it just you know, I I don't think it gives enough. This episode works enough for what it's trying to do. Okay. Um, okay. And I'll get into um, that. Um, and also, we get a remarkably toned down Dean costume. His cowboy? He's just a cowboy. It's true. It does look, I mean, it looks like he had a cowboy hat and a belt buckle that he just had lying around. Yeah. Like, honestly. I mean, don't get me wrong. He looked great because he's the Dean. 
honestly, it's kind of it's kind of Jeff's uh, Halloween costume in season one. Ooh, where he just kind of throws on a cowboy hat and it's like true. spurs or something, and so so maybe he's just trying to emulate Jeff. Here's a thought, because Jeff does like rotate out clothes and in and out uh-huh, uh-huh maybe the dean literally has jeff's clothes and is dressing in his clothes because we know he already has the underwear uh-huh it's like that song famously said uh if you can't be with the one you love steal their old clothes and wear them exactly that's that's been my my uh my mo from day one <laughs> just wearing all the clothes of the people i want to be with uh huh. Yep. And then they'll be That's like, "That's why I cause... wear so many Weird Al t-shirts." <laughs> I, I I knew I, mid joke. I was like, "This is not a good joke." It's no, a good it's joke, but it's but it's not a good it's, joke. It's great. It's great. I'm leaving that joke in. It it can't be cut out. I've cemented it into the the episode. Uh, uh, it is irremovable. Um, I'm sorry, Alfred. L- let's let's talk about the Shirley plot first because the Jeff plot gets very heavy. Sure. Um, so the Shirley plot is, uh, she invites the study group over. Jeff can't make it because he's going to Thanksgiving at his dad's. Right. Britta can't make it because she is there helping to therapize Jeff through this, uh, Thank you. <laughs> the the eye roll that you gave uh, I mean, that the the audience will never see, <laughs> but it was gold. It um, was. Uh, I I do appreciate how comedically terrible Britta is, but like, there's a point where it's like, oh, Britta, just stop. Uh huh. Uh, but so, she. D- <laughs> sorry, I don't want to talk too much about Britta before we get to the Britta of it all. Uh, the. Uh, the rest of the group, though, uh, including Pierce, um, kind of to Shirley's dismay, uh, they all go to Shirley's Thanksgiving. They bring some uh, two-year-old seven-layer dip. Oh, Abed, why is this seven-layer dip so puffy? Oh, it's been in the fridge for two years. I was saving it for a special occasion. Oh, that's so thoughtful. I'm going to put this on a nice platter with some crackers in the trash. Where's Britta? This, this I don't understand because Abed says he's been keeping it uh, for safe, uh, for just in case for, of emergencies. No, he's he's been saving it for a special occasion. Oh, I'm I apologize, but the thing is, he know he must know that it is not good. He mm-hmm. must know. He is not like he he is a human being. He under he has the capacity to like Abed is a smart individual. He ran mm-hmm. the falafel stand for his dad. It's this. It's, this feels very much like, haha. We'll we'll say Abed has done this. It's like, but it doesn't make any sense to me. It is a weird. It is a weird thing to be like we were saving this obviously expirable food for two years for a special occasion. Um, and especially because Annie lives with them, like you, she's gonna throw that out, hundred percent. Oh right. Even if even if Troy and Abed don't, she's gonna throw that out. I will admit it is a very uh, contrived way to get a uh, Chekhov's two year old seven layer dip, because That's they do try funny. to eat it in the third act, and uh, so it it's a little contrived. I'll give you that much. The the thing about Shirley's plot line is that she is very clearly having problems with her in-laws right off the bat. Her like father-in-law uh, is like, Hey, when, when's those appetizers coming out? And then just lets out a big old fart. 
Yeah, like, he crop dusts them, which is kind of kind of a fascinating power move. It it really like it really is. Uh it's a weird it's a weird Thanksgiving Day move. Like I don't know about I don't know about y'all's Thanksgiving, but like, you know, you at least you at least try to like play nice uh on Thanksgiving. Sure. I think. It doesn't Spend always time end with up with people you care about. Doesn't always end up nice, but you know, you don't you don't crop dust people before the appetizers. Like that's sure. that's a like five glasses of wine, like everyone's full of turkey. Right. You know. I mean, it also depends on what you've had for breakfast, because uh, if you've had breakfast, because some t- I, 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 as somebody that has a sensitive tummy, there, there might be accidental crop dusting at any time at any place. So uh, <laughs> if I've accidentally crop dusted you, I want to apologize now. I, I know I've certainly done it at school and work. Yeah. So she's she's very clearly having some issues with uh, her uh, in-laws. The, the rest of the gang ends up hiding out in the garage and then Abed immediately shifts to a Shawshank Redemption sort of thing. Sure. Which is um, fine. It it doesn't really do it doesn't do much with the material, I don't think. Enough it doesn't do enough to like make it a funny parody. It's just like we're referencing it. Do you get it? It is uh it is a little forced. Um because Abed realizes that they're all hanging out in the garage and then he just immediately is like, we're doing a Shawshank thing now. Um, he he invokes the need for a Morgan Freeman-esque sort of voice as the narrator. He's, uh, you know, we, we get little um, folksy sort of uh, violin sound clips in the background to be sure. like, oh, life sure is hard here on the inside. And uh, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen Shawshank. I don't remember what they say in that. Um, the, there's the, no crawling through a, a mile of shit to come out clean the other side. So mm-hmm, I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. There is a tunnel, but that's there is a tunnel. And yeah, I mean, I don't. I I think the Shawshank reference is fine. Um, it's certainly a reference, um, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I don't hate it, but like it does feel a little bit like checking the boxes of uh, it's community. So we need a pop culture reference. Um, right. And it's clearly the one that is this is the funny part of the show because the Jeff is Jeff part of the show is cl- very clearly the emotional part. And I don't think it works. Um. And, uh, yeah, they, they end up, uh, Shirley calls him out on like trying to hang out in the garage. Annie fakes a lady problem issue, but her sister, uh, Shirley's sister-in-law happens to be a gynecologist. So there's no getting out that way. Pierce tries to fake a hip injury, but he ends up doing his pratfalls, which I do. I do appreciate that bit a lot because we've complimented Chevy Chase on his pratfalls Mm -hmm. many times on this, on this podcast. And so the idea that like he's attempting to fake breaking his hip and then just entertains everybody with his pratfalls. Uh, sure. And, and he's like, now, oh, I don't want to leave. Like, I just I need a broom or like a, a, a rake two rake. Let's see. I need a broom or a rake or two rakes. Pierce, you were supposed to pretend to injure yourself so we could leave. Leave? This is my showtime at the Apollo. I'm killing out there. 
It's just, you know, I got to do, I got to do something. They love it out. Like they love me. They love it. Right. It's also hilarious because we don't get to see it. So it's Uh like that kind of like, oh, something is happening off screen. That's very funny. Is uh-huh. kind of funny, but not as funny as watching Chevy Chase do pratfalls is the problem. They they end up uh, rotating out in shifts and then finding reasons to uh, to try to uh, not have to spend too much time out there. Um, <laughs> my my favorite one is that Annie keeps making excuses about how she has to go do a Jewish thing um, because. Uh, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Tema, will uh, has said like there, like there, there was a time I don't remember what I was doing, but she's like, look, if you need an out, just say that your friend had to go do a Jewish thing. It's fine. Like so that that is an excuse that she was like, I'll 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 give you this this uh, this card if you need to get out of it. Just play the my friend needs to go do the a Jewish thing and I got to go help her because no one's gonna ask. And it's- I'm like. It's, I love it's, that. It is amazing. I, I, it's it's such a wonderful thing that we now have that kind of like, you know, the understanding of oh, this will actually work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just they kind of they kind of trade off until um, Shirley eventually comes in and and confronts them and and is like, uh, I do actually really like Shirley's speech here at the end because she admits that she invited them as a buffer because it's really hard with Andre being gone and sure. uh the the in-laws are a lot because they always make surely the butt of the joke and she wanted the the study group to be a bit of a buffer um so that maybe she could enjoy Thanksgiving but and here's the thing that we don't get from Shirley a lot she apologizes for doing what she did sure Shirley is a very great character, but uh, she definitely there are times when she oversteps her bounds and then kind of just lets it kind of lets everybody like, well, that or like guilts everybody for calling her out on doing that. Right. And so I do really like that here in this episode, like Shirley straight up like I wanted I wanted you guys to be a buffer and that was kind of a uh, uh, awful thing, and I'm sorry. And then, and that's that. She there's no there's no guilt about uh, doing it. She's not like you guys let me down. She's like, I put you in this position, and you did exactly you know what you would do when put in that position. And so this is on me. So I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. I do dislike about the story that. Shirley is kind of on the back burner until it's time for that speech. When the the whole story is literally at Shirley's house and is about Shirley's family. And that it's kind of true. pisses me off about it's it. It's true. Um, I get I get what they're going for, but I'm just kind of sick of seeing Shirley be put on the back. Like she y- Yvette Nicole Brown is so much better than coming in and delivering a, a speech at the end. And I mean, most of the time she doesn't even get that. So it's true. The fact it's that true. it's at her house and she's barely in the storylines kind of sucks. It's true. Um, I will. Uh, I will give you that. Um, I do agree with you. I think it. I think the uh, the the speech itself and the apology is very good, and it is some character growth for her. Um, but. 
but yeah, I just I want to I want to see more Shirley. Darn it! They how does that sp- plot line end? They I think they kind of just they they're up, like they want to be here and then they go out. Yeah, and eat. that's kind of it's cl- clearly yeah. not a super memorable um, <laughs> ending to that story. Um, I do like though that they they uh, when she comes in. They're like they've come up with a plan where they are going to hide Shirley in a trash can and then roll the trash can out of the garage. And um, there's something funny about, uh, you know, the idea of your college study group showing up to your Thanksgiving, hiding you in a trash can and rolling you out of your own house to avoid your (laughs) in-laws. It's um, it's very hijinks, and then the 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 lampshade they put on is like this actually will not work in the real world, and uh-huh. we are not at Greendale right now, which means that we are actually in the real world. Uh huh. But yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Here it is in my notes. She gives a speech, and then they stay because they they say that family sticks it out, and and so it's it's a you know chosen family sort of moment. Right. Um, we also get another one when at the very end with uh, mm-hmm. with everyone. So. We'll probably come um, back to that found family thing in a minute. All right. Let's talk about Jeff. Let's. Um, uh, I do love that Britta pulls out uh, when she, he, she is like taking some some of the credit for getting him to go see his father. She b- pulls out the boom box and it starts <laughs> off with the Brooklyn Nine-Nine theme song intro. Uh-huh, and I'm uh-huh. like, wait a minute. <laughs> what am I? Wh- okay. And I did. I kind of went down a, a rabbit hole to see if I could find anything about it. I didn't go that far down. I just kind of like Googled Brooklyn nine, nine theme song. And that was about mm-hmm. it. And I, and I didn't find anything worth reporting. Um, but we could try again. Uh, I mean, I can, I can go to my f- good old friend, the internet movie database, uh, who gave me some hot tips last time, but not about, uh, whether or not the techno song was a direct reference to strong, bad emails email no i'm just kidding we're not we're doing not doing str- we're not doing homestar runner again i will eventually force this podcast to become a homestar runner podcast and Look, i refuse I, to apologize here, for it well, right i if we if that's where we're going after uh after what we're doing now i'm happy with it let's do it uh it does say that uh this episode was referenced in the darkest timeline with ken jong and joe McHale podcast episode and i'm like now it's referenced here i doubt our podcast gets on the the referenced in section on internet movie database (laughs) um so it does say the dean's cowboy outfit is almost an exact replica of the one jeff wore to the faculty halloween party in season one episode seven so i nailed it i didn't need the internet movie database to help me out with that one i think we both kind of nailed it because i Uh, offered it was i guess if it's a replica then it's not actually mm-hmm. the the authentic clothes that Jeff wore. Uh, although I still stand by, if you can't be with the one you love, uh, take their old clothes and wear them. Um, for legal reasons, I do not advocate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song that Britta plays on her boombox became the theme song to the Fox show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which would air its pilot uh, six months after this episode aired. So... Whoa, that is, I didn't think of the time frame, but it would work. Mm-hmm. Neat. Thank you, Internet Movie Database. And now Thank we're putting you. money back into Jeff Bezos' thumb. Oh, no. Wait, you don't put money into a thumb. Uh, Well, you might if his <laughs> yacht exploded and um, 
Well, no, we can't His talk more about this. Off. This is a that's a Patreon exclusive. And it's a Patreon exclusive in which Mike saves Jeff Bezos and then buys the most expensive watch. Um <laughs> Boy, if 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 we've never if you're interested in a Patreon, get on get on it now because boy howdy, it's a fun time. Uh so yeah, Jeff goes to his dad's house. Uh, one thing that I personally really appreciated is that, uh, a lot of, a lot of community, even though it takes place in Colorado, never really feels like Colorado. Uh, I will tell you right now, I've been to multiple houses in Boulder, Colorado that look basically just like Jeff's dad's house. (laughs) That same sort of brown panel siding. Sure. The walking in and everything looks kind of like a someone said decorate a set like a cowboy but we don't really know about cowboys so do your best um sure i've been i've been to several houses in boulder that look exactly like it was the first time and it's not perfect because like there are some uh there are there is some like uh autumn foliage on the trees and i'm like it would have snowed by now like right there's no there's no foliage on trees by that point but like the house itself, I was like, no, I'm I'm convinced Jeff's I'm convinced Jeff's dad lives in Boulder. Uh, that makes that makes perfect sense. He's he's exactly the sort of uh, Boulder yuppie who kind of thinks he's a cowboy and and uh, like probably works in like tech or something, but he, like decorates his house like a cowboy. It's 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 totally a thing. It's a thing. So I'm on the community fandom uh page and I'm looking at it again cuz I, you know, wasn't really thinking too hard about it. Um when I was looking at it other than yeah, that seems like a place that Jeff's father would would live in. And you are right how you're describing it. Um the picture that I I'm looking at the I, the thing I want to uh, here, let me send it over to you. So okay. that you, you, we can talk about it in 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 the group. Um, not uh, you'll have to click the pi- picture. It didn't go straight to the picture. Um, I want to talk about the giant wood slab that he's using as a coffee table. Uh huh. What about it? Um, it does feel to me very Colorado. Uh, yes. Does it feel Colorado to you? Um. So again, I mean it. It's. It feels Colorado in like there's a certain type of person in Colorado who is like, I live in Colorado, so I sh- I should be Western. Okay. Um, where like they've they've definitely gone in on that sort of decor where they're like they they are trying maybe a little bit too hard. Um, okay. Yes. Sure. Uh, I didn't notice that pony statue though that's a bit much um, yeah that is that is odd uh i can still see it though um the one thing that i will call out is the weird uh painting of the golden gate bridge which really does not fit into this otherwise attempted western aesthetic agreed it almost looks like it's the actual picture is decayed mm-hmm. but yeah that that sort of like reclaimed wood table um you know the the like uh the little horse statuette um all the walls being kind of like brown like it's 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 definitely a thing um and it's certainly okay. like th- this is not what every house in Colorado looks oh, like no. by by a long shot but like if you if you wanted to move to Boulder and then be like I'm a Coloradan now this is how you would de- uh, decorate your right. place it's kind of a stereotypical kind of thing 
Right. It is it is like if I moved to Portland and then uh put birds on everything because sure. of Portlandia said it. Right. Um but like like uh uh one of my uh one of my aunts and her husband uh they they for a long time lived in a house that was not decorated too differently from this. Well, there you um, go. That yeah, stereotype seems to have a uh, a bit of a kernel of truth in there. It's de- it's definitely a thing. Anyways, uh, Jeff's dad, uh, William Winger, played by James uh, Brolin, um, uh, a famous famous actor, um, was was in a whole lot of things. Whole lot of things. Uh, if you don't know, then look it up. I, uh. Yeah, I, 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 I realized I didn't write down anything about about him. Um, he is the father of Josh Brolin, who was uh, Thanos in the Avengers. If you're so, interested, in that. you know he's really just raising a whole lot of uh, great, um, whole lot of great sons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was in a uh, television show uh, called Marcus Welby, M.D. Ah, yes, of course. A show that everyone is familiar with. I mean, it uh, lasted seven years. Um, cool. Uh, so, yeah, his dad, James Rowland, and also he has a half-brother, uh, Willie Jr., who is played by Adam Devine, who uh, is in... A lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Workaholics. Yep. He's in... Uh, I think Workaholics is the one that I... I want to say, just like, we get the first minute of Adam Devine's character, Willie Jr., you get the in- the entire character's entire deal. Like, yeah, he is absolutely. acting... His, he's just like, the scenery, I got it. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Like um, literally the opposite of Jeff, like super emotional, super. He calls himself flabby. I don't I that's not what flabby looks like. I'm that. Um, but, you know, like compared to Jeff, I think a lot of people look flabby, frankly. Um, but yeah, like he he's got all the you know, he, he's not as he doesn't think he's as good as Jeff and wants to be more like Jeff. And then, you know, like, why, why is, why does dad love him more? Like, there's a whole lot of things just on the surface for Willie Jr. Which, yeah. if your name is Willie Jr., I can understand. Um, I, I will say, uh, so going back to Futurama for a moment, in The Devil's Hands are idols, idol playthings. Sure. Um, Classic episode. There, there's the the famous moment where uh, the robot devil is just like, you can't have characters just announce how they're feeling. That makes me angry. <laughs> uh, I f- I feel like that when I see Willie Jr. because th- he's he's just like, what's up? I'm Willie Jr. Here's my deal. I just <laughs> met you. Here's my entire deal. Uh, by the way, did I mention this is my deal? He comes on a bit strong, is what I'm trying that to say. Is, that's um, fair. I'll I'll agree with that. It's hard to disagree with that. Um, I, I mean, I don't I don't know that there's a better way to do it because like the episode is already so full of heavy emotions from Jeff that I think if you're also like 
and his half-brother has really heavy emotions without making him just like, I'm so whiny and throwing bread rolls and running away in Jeff's car. I I feel like I feel like it would get uh I feel like it would get pretty heavy. Um, I could I could believe that. Um, and I, and I do think that it's a very good, you know, Adam Devine knows what he's doing when he's when he's playing comic relief. So mm-hmm. it is very much uh relief there. But yeah, the the meeting is basically it starts out with Jeff kind of just like being like, oh, I'm well, they, they make some ground rules, first of all. Uh no hugging, no mushy stuff. Um, you know, so Yeah, no calling him dad and stuff like that. So uh they they then kind of go on a thing where Jeff is like, Oh, I'm glad to see you have hair. Um uh, I have my own sex question I need to ask you, which is like at your age, still everything good? Because like he's very clearly like digging out some some uh, uh, genealogical right. like health information here. Yeah, like he's um, worried about like uh, the uh, diabetes on you know on one of the sides of the family and uh-huh. genetic know, it, it, that's the word i was looking for <laughs> yeah I, I, I was helping to get there by we've by we've both we've both had uh decent uh decently sized roman cokes before starting <laughs> this so. it's true um i mean given his freak out after nurse jack he told him multiple seasons ago at this point about his slightly high cholesterol it makes uh-huh. sense that he's interested uh-huh. in the health issues and you know, knowing Jeff as a sexual being that he'd be interested in how he would be able to get it up when he's in it as advanced age. It makes sense. It is still kind of like, dude, you right. have you have a you I, I don't like this term, but you have daddy issues. <laughs> this is where we're uh-huh. going to start. This is where we're going to start. Uh huh. I mean, this is this is the daddy episode. Uh, this is the daddy issue episode. So, yeah. It's, um, it's but he starts at the superficial stuff. Like and I know I know they made the rules. The rules kind of suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> um I I do I, actually I am more like Willie Jr. than Jeff. Does it make sense? Does the, <laughs> does everybody agree with that? Uh no comment. Um <laughs> I do like how easy like cuz for as much as as you know, they haven't talked to each other in in decades, right? Right. And I like how they they kind of even as even as much as their conversation is very superficial, it comes off like really easy because they're both two charismatic dudes, right? Like right. and it really leans into this sort of uh it's kind of a bait and switch almost where like yeah, the questions are all or the conversations all superficial. But they they seem like they're getting along really well right off the bat, right? right? And you know, as as much as Jeff has been freaking out about this moment and and avoiding this moment for years and years and years, and uh, it really starts out as kind of this like, yeah, we're like, you know, we're both really easygoing. We're you know, we're both charismatic. We can both just kind of blend into this conversation. And, uh, you know, part of that is people who actually are charismatic, uh, they, they have that ability to do that. Right. Sure. So when they're both charismatic, they can just kind of 
blend into that conversation without really saying anything. But to to me, a simpleton who uh, is absolutely not charismatic at all, and if forced to have a conversation with an estranged father, I'd be like, uh, "I bought, I, I brought this deck of cards called Pod Decks. It has it has a bunch of interview questions. I feel and, attacked. Uh, I feel actively I, attacked right now. I think I think I, I can pull. Oh no, that one has a sex question on it. I pulled it very very first. So, um, what are the odds of that happening? Oh my god, so so random. Let's so move wait, on to the. Are, are have you, you, hey, 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 Dad. Uh, sorry, I wasn't gonna call you Dad. Uh, hey, uh, what uh, have you ever have you ever licked a battery? Uh, so I wanna, okay, hold on. I want to know about that. So what I'm saying, what what it sounds like is that you are you are cosplaying as me during outsourcing <laughs> Mike's bits with an estranged father. Uh, what I'm saying is, um, <laughs> I can barely talk to random people um sure when when i'm i'm tasked to do so and they are not people who abandoned me when i was like six or whatever sure so it would be rough is all i'm saying and the pod decks was just a way to make it funny instead of being like aren't i a sad individual who uh despite the fact that we have dozens of people who listen to this for whatever reason I guarantee there you, if you met me in them. person, I'd be like, "Thank, thank you for, thank you for listening to my podcast. It's about the show community and occasionally mugs. I really show me. <laughs> I want to rate your, your mug. favorite, favorite mugs. <laughs> um, um, not charismatic over here. I might do a little bit better <laughs> than that. Honestly, um, I give myself a lot of crap podcasting has definitely helped me in that regard. Sure. I'm not as bad as I once was. Talk to me like five years ago and I'd be like, hey, uh, um, hi, I'm Ben and hi. How's it, <laughs> what's up? What uh, is up? How this weather, huh? So like, all I'm saying is that Good Morning Greendale Con, the con uh, specifically about this podcast, mm-hmm. it's going to be weird. Uh, and mostly because we're going to be on stage and we're going to be like, so that weather outside is real weird, right, everybody? Okay, great. I'm, I'm uh, awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Greendale Con here in beautiful Nashville for some reason. I've never been to Nashville. How about... I'm not exactly sure why they decided to put it in Nashville. How about... We're both in Portland, but that's fine. How about that Nashville hot chicken, huh? That's some good stuff. Real spicy. Real spicy. So, it hurts my tom tom. Served up on a big piece of toast. This is very good. I like the spice. I like the spicy. I really had to try. I know we're not doing Homestar anymore, but I really had to try to <laughs> lean away from. Uh, uh, God, what was his name? The 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 guy who looks like Strong Bad. Um, the gar <laughs> the guy who's just like this. The sort of proto. Uh, Dude from uh, Red Letter Media reviews, but um, I keep wanting to go to that. I'm just <laughs> digging myself in a hole, and this whole thing's gonna be cut because it is. Remember how I said I'm not charismatic, and here I am like, you remember the guy who's like the other guy that you don't know, 
that was on a YouTube thing, and he reviewed Star Wars movies, but it was really funny, and he liked pizza rolls. Uh, Senior Cart Gage, is that it? Um, oh, that that triggered a number in my head. A number? Oh, whatever. Senior um, Senior Cart Gage. Yeah. Hi there, Belinda's. I'm Snark Card Gage for Snark Card Gage Mortgage. We can help you get a leg up on the pile. Low rates, percent signs, I don't know. So I really had to try to not lean into uh, being senior card gauge from Homestar Runner because I was re- I was really trying to. Oh, really yeah, okay, to kinda, yes, yes. Now now that, that I've seen it, I understand what you're talking about. Okay, um, yes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> boy, where did where did we leave off? Um, Who the hell knows? Oh yeah, they're both very charismatic. Is my is my point, and it does a good bait and switch <laughs> where. If it does feel like they're kind of connecting, but it is really just that two charismatic people trying to avoid actual emotions. Right. His his dad does eventually say like, um, "Hey, like you know, honestly, I know I said we weren't going to do any mushy stuff, but like honestly, I mean, look over at Willie Junior." I kind of I'm I, I kind of did you a favor cuz I screwed that kid up. And you're a great dude who's strong and and uh, amazing and right. you don't have the issues that I gave this other awful kid. And um that's a really crappy thing to say right. to a like, human being. Like saying I did you a favor by abandoning I did, you. I did you a favor by abandoning is, you when you were a child. Is just buck wild. Like, Hi, you can I'm have- your dad. I had one job in the world, and that was to accept you for who you are. And I did you a favor by not doing that and right. leaving. If if he was a D and D character, whenever if he was a D and D character, he put all of his points in charisma and has a one for intelligence and wisdom. Uh huh. Like mm-hmm. straight up, that's the dumbest thing you could have said. I I, I recognize that like, you know he thinks he's making a compliment. When he's really being just an absolute ass. Um, mm-hmm. He also, when he refers to being a father to Willie Jr. as checking all the boxes, it gave me really bad feel because that's, you know, you're being a father is more than that. Right. It's more than checking all the boxes. You know, it's, you know, it, like you said, it's about accepting you. It's, it's about, you know, helping you grow and not checking boxes. It just made me. Made my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, Jeff uh, storms out because that's a crappy thing to say to a person. Um, he drives off, but Willie Jr. is in the back seat, and this causes Jeff to kind of have some some revelations. And he spins back around. He talks to his dad, and he's uh, he's like, "Look, let me tell you how I turned out." I am not well adjusted and more often than not, I can barely keep it together. And then he tells this terrifying story about how one time in seventh grade, he told everyone that he had appendicitis and then some kid asked to see the scar. And so he gave himself a scar with scissors from his mother's cabinet. And then he got 17 cards and he still keeps them in a box under his bed 22 years later because it's a reminder that somebody cared for him so which is a lot right it's 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 
You know, it's it's I th- honestly I think it might be the first time and not named by name, but the first time that self-harm has been a, you know, or cutting or something like that has been kind of called out, at least in something mm-hmm. that I re- I remember seeing it. Um I'm not sure if it's handled well. Um you know, cuz it cuz you know, self-harm is a real thing that people have happened, you know, sorry, I'm speaking in passive. People do harm themselves. Sure. Like um due to, you know, mental uh issues or or um uh mental diseases things like that. Um and I I'm I'm not in that, but I I just I'm I'm wondering if they did a good enough job of like instead of it being a source of sympathy that it is more of a you know it's it's something that people live with sure I, just, I don't it just feels very kind of flippant to and it's because it's a serious thing i mean uh, i yes you're right it is a it is a serious thing i think they actually uh and again it's, it's not an and it's not an issue that i've ever struggled with um so you know i feel free to call me wrong about this but i think that this whole scene is actually uh done really well because we have three three seasons and change or three season in chang uh as the case may be sure uh we have three season in chang uh about how jeff is this you know, really cool guy. And even when he's a jerk, he's right. And even when he's wrong, he makes up for it. And he's this sort of, I don't want to say he's infallible because we've seen him be pretty fallible through three seasons, but to a lot of the people in the show, he has this sort of infallible air, even to people like Britta who will repeatedly call him on his bull crap. He still has this this air of being this larger than life person. Sure. And I think that having a a very serious moment because there's not there's not any laughs in this True. in this bit, right? His story about faking appendicitis isn't played for laughs. That uh, is true. That there's, is a good point. there's no like you could have very easily been like, oh, this scene's too heavy. Uh, one of the cards had something funny on it, and he mentions that, and so now we're laughing again. Sure, I think they do a good job of being like, hey, you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about how you supposedly helped me in life. Here's a really messed up story about a thing that I did, and. You know, maybe maybe going straight to something that leaves an actual physical scar is maybe a little bit on the on the nose. Sure. Um because he does lift his shirt up and you can see the the scar that he gave himself. But like I think they did a, a pretty good job because it is it is a very serious moment. Like Sure. There there is weight to the fact that he is like no you you dad who abandoned me messed me up because this is the thing that i thought was a good idea in seventh grade and even if i'm not that person anymore i have literal and figurative scars about that moment 
Um, so I actually think they did a really good job in in this moment because they they actually managed to make it a serious moment. And you know, I I think if they really if they really wanted to go the extra mile, it's something that doesn't just get forgotten by the end of the episode and then never gets mentioned again. Um but I'm going to I'm going to give community the benefit of the doubt because it is not a show about mental health. Sure. Um I I think I would have I would have definitely docked them points if there was some play for laugh to like lighten the moment. But they don't. I mean cuz the the thing the thing for me is that the average person that you interact with on any given day has something like this in sure. their life. Absolutely. It's not this exact thing, obviously, uh, because then we'd be like, "Oh yeah, when did when did you do your appendicitis fake out?" That's that's not how life works. But everyone has something like this, right? Sure. We have to go through life pretending like we don't, and that's fair. The the most the most and I'm going to I mean, I'm going to get kind of real here for a moment, um, but the most gregarious, outgoing, friendly person that, you know, may have had these these sorts of struggles mm-hmm. and the fact that like. That is just kind of a bombshell that anyone can drop at any moment and we don't because that's not that's not how society works. We don't we don't give people that space to to do that. I mean like Britta is right there. She is she has been with Jeff. She's seen Jeff naked. She doesn't know what this scar is. Um you know, it's she probably oh, you maybe had appendicitis. Maybe he told her I had appendicitis, right? She has, she's been friends with him for years and she doesn't know this story. And that's the kind of thing that a lot of us carry with us is that, you know, people have had moments like that. And the fact that it's in a moment of anger, uh, for sure. sure. But the fact that Jeff has that and can just be like, look, this is how you messed me up. And I'm going to be 100% honest about how badly you messed me up. And that, and you know, like I, I think it's, I think it's done pretty well. Um, but that's, that's my take again. It's not a thing that I've struggled with. Sure. Uh, feel free to call BS on, on that, but, um, I mean, I, I won't. Um, I do think that, you know, you, you do mention that, you know, they, they could do something funny in kind of the space. They kind of do because uh, William tries to play it off with a fake heart attack rather than, you know, acknowledging well, it. And I understand that yes. that is his his character isn't going to be open to acknowledging that as a thing and probably is too heavy for him to say anything of use. Um, but it is also a interesting parallel that that he has with Pierce, surprisingly. Right. 
which also kind of points out some of the the fears that Jeff has about becoming Pierce. Right. But um, it is kind of like a very like almost odd you you come with this really deep strong emotional thing and then your dad your estranged dad fakes a heart attack and that is a, you're you're literally not going to get what, anything that you thought that would be useful at all and and whether that's you know i mean it's true to the character i think um but i do find like no one no one actually acknowledges the fact that he went i mean i think britta it, later on in the storyline like you know you know like set is thanked for being that conduit but then she kind of goes in into the i'm i'm such a great therapist so it is it's kind of odd uh, i mean but but that i mean that's my point of view i we don't need to c- talk about all of this if we don't want to but it just, I, mean, I just i just when 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 somebody does reveal something like that it's hard to have a reaction sometimes sure and i think i i find i find uh willie's uh uh reaction like faking a heart attack like it's a very clear reference back to pierce yes and so i i i get what the writers were doing but i don't i don't totally buy it for the character i absolutely buy Britta's uh reaction in the car because a there's been a little bit of time passed so like it's weird to be like hey you want to talk about that thing uh it's it's been like 10 minutes and like you know it's there's sort of that natural inclination be like all right i'm gonna let them kind of lead the conversation and then you know the fact that Britta kind of Britta's everything like of course he's gonna take this like this one real mental health moment from jeff and be like i'm a great therapist and i I can't play my brooklyn 99 theme because that's my boombox at school (laughs) um so yeah i i i like it Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't have to. That's my thing. And we'll get into it in grades, which I yeah. think we're almost there for. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking for a bit. Let's wrap this thing up. They go back to school on Monday. Uh, and they have- everyone's everyone's oh. kind of annoyed at Thanksgiving. It's been it's Troy's first Thanksgiving. He's never done a Thanksgiving before. And he's like, I kind of hated that. Why do people do that? And uh, Jeff surprises everyone by having a sort of. Uh, Monday after uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving with mm-hmm. his friends in the study room. And yeah. even the dean gets invited. The dean's there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's laughing and drinking some I mean, there's, uh, wine and there's having the fa- turkey. The found family thing again. That is right. You know, such a wonderful theme throughout this show, really. Right. And I think, uh, you know, regardless of whether or not the rest of the episode works, and we'll get into that, but I think ending it on this sort of found family Thanksgiving is great because mm-hmm. I used to not really care for Thanksgiving. And then in college we started doing the, the whole Friendsgiving thing and it, it turned from like one of my most, uh, I mean, it wasn't the worst. I always got a ton of food, which is great because that's right. how you food make me is happy. Good. Yeah. Um, 
If you've listened to this podcast, you know food makes me happy. Uh, Brought to you by the Lasagna Council. Brought to you by the Lasagna Council. Hey, we just passed Easter and the classic classic holiday for making some lasagna. But you know what? You can make lasagna any time of the year. Why not consider lasagna tonight? Brought to you by the Lasagna Council. Mm-hmm. July so, 4th is coming up. It's almost time for lasagna. That classic Independence Day lasagna. Declare independence from your uncle's crappy barbecue. There it is. With you lasagna. have lasagna. Brought to you by the Lasagna Council. I mean, lasagna is um, red and white. You can find some blue in there, right? Yeah, put some blueberries. Don't yeah, put that's what I was it. thinking, and I'm like, um, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> uh, just put a, just put a couple of uh, little American flags on yeah, top of the lasagna. Boom, and, there you and go. Boom, that's the most there patriotic you lasagna you've um, ever had. But yeah, so I, I like, I really like Thanksgiving now. You know, it's it's got some problematic aspects to it obviously sure yeah um but we don't need to litigate that right now (laughs) now that it is a found family holiday for me i love it i i love seeing friends i love eating good food with friends and and getting drunk on delicious wine and having pecan pie it's great and it's it is because of not only the food uh but because it's with friends. And so I I like that sort of end message of like, you know, Jeff tried to reconcile with his father. His father was a dick. And then he's like, you know what? I, I have a family. These people are my family. And, you know, Shirley gets a nice Thanksgiving after having gotten stuck with her in-laws for Thanksgiving. Right. Um, it's really good. I like I like the ending. It's a nice ending. Um, I, I, I really, uh, if we want to go into the tag, um, yep. uh, there is a, they, uh, Shirley finds the tunnel that Abed dug behind the Shirley's sandwiches flag, um, while and, doing laundry and humming daybreak. Well, of course, daybreak is, you gotta, it, everyone's gotta, gotta do have it, it and she finally gets to do it. And her reaction is not one of I'm, I own this home and now I got to deal with this. Um, it's more of a, I will remember this for next year. My reaction, if somebody uh, had tunneled out of my uh, garage, a human-sized tunnel would uh-huh. not be, that's a good thing to know. It's more like, well, now I got to call a contractor. Uh-huh. It's going to be, it's, gonna, it's about to be a whole thing. Um, Who dug this? We're going to, we're going to have some words. Ben, uh-huh. did you dig this in my garage? Uh, no comment because you know what it is time for. It is time for grades. Well, I mean, I'll tell you that this episode doesn't really work for me. Um, I'll I'll go with the easy one first. The Shirley uh, Shawshank storyline doesn't doesn't work for me. There's not a whole like I didn't find it very funny. Like there's a couple of moments I I really love uh when they're about to eat the uh the expired dip. Um they kind of do the piece together a excuse mm-hmm. thing and Troy's like eat bean dip. I why did I have to go third? Which is a very funny line, but I think it's mostly because I love I I if there's one thing you know about me on this podcast it's I love Donald Glover's line deliveries. Uh huh. 
but it just doesn't you know it's it's not i i do you know after you pointed out shirley's uh apology it it it, it does make me like that part because it is you know a, a legit apology that you know she doesn't often do she either backs away from that or kind of guilts um but it's not very funny to me um it's not very consequential either um granted not everything has to be consequential but it just doesn't if it's not funny what are we doing here um i don't well i will back up a little bit i don't find it all that funny sure i don't find the parody very well done honestly um just kind of feel slapped together and you know i i have a uh, an interesting relationship with my father uh not that he quote unquote abandoned me but you know we've you know bit, uh, we're we're building it up and um you know i think uh, some of the emotional uh beats hit for me in that um and perhaps that is you know whatever that is a positive and negative it it does kind of work um my dad is better than uh william winger which is which is good I find uh-huh, uh-huh. he cares more <laughs> than William Winger. Um, so, but so some of that does strike true um, as, you know, somebody that has had s- similar situations, uh, kind of confronting people that you care about and things like that. And I, I, I that is the more successful part of this episode because of those emotional beats Again, you know, I I do really like Adam Devine. I know that you know he you you he gives you literally a hundred and twenty percent of chewing the scenery on every scene, and it's like here's my whole deal. Do you remember my deal? Here's my deal again. Um, but I actually kind of appreciate that. Like you said, it's it's very much uh, kind of giving you a, a comic relief um, that I think is really needed. Because it, it is a, like you said, it's a heavy uh, uh, storyline. I just don't think it, on a whole, is an episode that really works for me. Um, even even with those beats, it just doesn't, it's not an enjoyable episode to watch uh, for me. Okay. I'll put it that way. Um, even if, you know, Britta's kind of funny, Adam Devine is funny, and the emotional beats work, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, I guess I'll give it a D. It just really doesn't work. Um, okay. Um, and we certainly don't get enough Dean and certainly not enough Dean costumes. Uh, you're definitely right about that. Um, <clears throat> so I have sort of, uh, I have sort of a weird take on this episode because okay. I think, uh, I think if you are, if you're watching this episode as a community fan, as I'm sure four seasons in, you're a community fan <laughs> and you are sure. you are watching for the things that community does. I absolutely get where you are coming from on this episode. I think as a community episode, it is not a particularly good episode of community. Okay. As an episode of TV, I actually really like this episode because the one of one of my favorite things about season four is that they actually uh, they actually try to do some 
character development. And you can argue whether or not that is successful character development, but they actually try. Sure. And this is sort of, when I talk about the character development in season four, this is sort of the episode that I always come back to. And while, while watching it, I really realize kind of what it is. And it is that this episode, like all of the, all of the Jeff stuff with his father is basically doing Bojack Horseman before Bojack Horseman. Because it is dealing with the complications of family and the trauma that you inherit from your family. Um, Sure. Generational trauma definitely exists. Um, You, you know, because we're all human, you've, you've inherited the traumas that your parents inherited from their parents. Whether or not that is repeating those cycles or overcorrecting for those cycles or whatever. And that's just how life works. And that's a lot of what Bojack Horseman really is built on is that, that idea of generational trauma and then also spending your life pretending that that doesn't exist. Right. Pretending that you're totally fine and and you were not affected by the ways your parents screwed up and the way that their parents screwed them up and etc. Sure. Which I love because I love BoJack Horseman. I will say I will say uh, BoJack Horseman does a much better job of balancing the humor and the seriousness. But I as a sort so. of as a sort of proto BoJack Horseman episode of television. I'm not going to I'm not going to push them too hard on that. Um although I do think a lot of the jokes kind of fall flat. But a lot of that really heavy stuff I am here for. Um and overall I think they do a really good job of of Jeff uh dealing with his father, you know, getting getting that really uh dark moment in his backstory, like that is like, oh man, if you hated this, if you hated this episode, you would never, you do not watch Bojack Horseman. You would never, uh, you would never, never love it. Done Um, and done. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I really, really do love that aspect of it and it's not perfect. Um, but, uh, it's not perfect by any stretch. But they're really trying. They're trying something new. And sure. and they're trying something that personally, for me, just just put it right in my face. Like I just like lasagna. Just like lasagna. Um the Shirley plotline is a little bit more rough because it does really feel just like checking a box of we gotta do a reference, let's do a Shawshank thing. Right. Um I agree with you there. I I I do like how, you know, Shirley always comes off as trying to be this this very perfect person. And even though we don't get much of it, but also kind of seeing her struggle with her family, I think really helps to kind of humanize Shirley as cuz a lot of times she is sort of this this like force of like she's she's 
you know, this Christian mom who right. always, always talks like this and just, you know, uh, that was way more Mickey Mouse than Shirley, but I, I'm <gasps> sorry to everyone who just had to hear that. Um, and so getting this moment where Shirley is really just like, man, I, I can't stand these guys They, you know, and then also kind of reaching out for that fam found family thing. Like I like all of the, the emotions in this episode. Sure. Not necessarily all of the jokes. Um, I'm going to give it a B. I think it's actually like a pretty decent episode. Um, it's definitely not the best. Uh, if I were to, if someone was like, oh, hey, I love community. I sure do love that episode where they're in a KFC rocket ship and that episode where they play a video game to take out a racist old dead man. Should I watch That's the, episode, the way to describe that one. Cooperative escapism and fam familial relations. I'm going to be like, your mileage may vary, my dude. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Now, if someone was like, I love BoJack Horseman and I've been watching Community. Should I watch Cooperative Escapism and Familial Relations? First, I'm going to be like, that's a weird way to start a sentence. <laughs> but also, yes, I think it's an enjoyable episode. Hey, a good morning, um, Greendale Con, anything can go. Uh, so I don't know what comes after Poddex, but every I hope every question starts with, as someone who has never seen BoJack Horseman, and then I'll respond with, as someone who loves BoJack Horseman, and we'll just, we'll introduce every question and answer with our feelings on BoJack Horseman. Excellent. It will be not at all annoying. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that, uh, yeah, as, as an episode of Community, like just straight up, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't disagree with a D as a like, grade for that but as just an episode of tv sure. i'm giving it a b i think it's good um yeah. and, and, and you know fair. what can maybe contentious uh, opinion but you know what hit me up with more of those sad feelings of generational trauma and uh i'm into it baby i'm gonna go watch some bojack horseman after this podcast just fill me up baby hell yeah fill up ben um, I, and you know, I, I think you're, you're, you're right. And I would love to, I, we don't have to agree on everything. And I think that's wonderful. Uh, I really want to hear what our listeners have to say. Yeah. Did you think this episode was good or bad? Uh, clearly we accept all answers because, uh, we had one of our most differing opinions to date, uh, yeah. on this episode. I don't, so, I think we might've had a couple of these during Futurama, but I might be wrong. We, we had a few, um, but we we want I think most notably uh a flight to remember which I famously gave a very bad grade to. Um <laughs> we want to know what you think about that. We want to know about uh what your uh do how do you feel about Thanksgiving? What where is the weirdest place you ever had sex? Uh if you want to if you for some reason want to tell us that, I guess feel free to do so. Yeah, uh, during our recording, I did post on uh, Good Morning Greendale. Oh, Twitter I saw saying I, that we are we are we have discussed it, and I've gotten mo we've got more responses saying I don't believe you than <laughs> finally. Just want to point that out there. I did not. Uh -huh. I did not have that long con. Unfortunately, I saw somebody on Facebook saying I would respect Mike if he did. That never went through my mind at all until y'all suggested it. 
so we want to know all these things and more. You can let us know by tweeting at us at GoodGreendale on Twitter. You can find us on the internet at GoodMorningGreendale.com, where you can find a Contact Us link to send us an email. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backtofuturama. We had a heck of a tangent today. It was very fun. I, we, I for, uh, for whatever reason, it, it, the entirety of it has left my brain. Oh, right. The Jeff Bezos thing. Uh-huh. Uh, spoiler, Mike saves Jeff Bezos from an exploding yacht. Um, mm-hmm. And I also look up how, how tall and how much Jeff Bezos weighs. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, you can uh, find us on Patreon and get some of that bonus content. Uh, and I believe I believe that'll do it uh, for us this week. Yes, thank you. Now that uh, we have finally gotten the sex question, and now Mike has to figure out something to do for next week. It's true. Uh, thank you for coming on the journey uh, that it was the what the heck deck. Um, I have I can't believe it was the last question. I <laughs> hate everything. Yeah, uh, it wasn't we... even that good. The, mu- See, the mug question was better. Well, I can't. I it's random. You picked the mug question. Remember? Don't remind me. Well, thank you for coming to the end of the journey of the what the heck deck and whatever happens now with uh, outsourcing Mike's bits. And thank you, as always, to come to the end of this episode. We We hope today put a smile on your face and we understand if it didn't. And until next time, when uh, we are actually talking about the the big Changnesia episode next time, um, which we'll see. <laughs> oh boy, get ready for that one. Until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I, I wish, wish you, you luck. luck. <laughs>